Happy New Year. Today's an interesting talk because we're going to be talking about a thing called mosaicism, which is where a person can have DNA different throughout their body. And the way this can impact you when doing fertility is that you can get mosaic embryos and then you have to decide whether you want to transfer them or not. And so today we're going to talk about mosaicism and how it can affect you. I'm Dr. Mark Amels, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. Mosaicism is a very interesting thing because humans can be walking around where some of their DNA is different than some of their DNA in other cells. And we actually see this all the time. When I say all the time, not meaning everybody, but it's more common than you think. Even when we check placentas, we actually find that 2% of them have mosaicism, meaning the DNA they're seeing at the placenta is different than the baby. Now, in this talk, we're going to talk a little bit more about how it affects fertility patients. But I think it's important to understand what mosaicism means and understand it's not just about fertility, but in fertility, it does have an important part. So the simple definition of mosaicism is it's describing a condition in which cells within the same person have different genetic makeup. Now in nature, the way this can happen is there can be a mutation in a gene during the early stages of development. And then that leads to cells being created when they're dividing into a different genetic makeup. So depending on where it is in the cell division, you can have half the embryo being different, or you can have a portion of the embryo being different. Any part of the cellular body can be affected. And this can basically lead to a wide range of problems. Sometimes no problems. There are many women who end up not getting their period and find they have Turner syndrome. Turner syndrome is when they're mixing one of the X chromosomes. But there are some women who have mosaic Turner syndrome, where they have half of their body has DNA that has Turner syndrome, and the other half doesn't. And so these women can sometimes have variable amount of early menopause, depending on how much mosaicism there is. The way to think of that is if someone has a high percentage of their cells with the abnormal DNA, then they're going to have more likely have the symptoms. If they have fewer cells with the DNA problem, then they're going to less likely have the symptoms. It'd be like if your friend brought over their homemade pico de gallo and they tripped and some of it fell into your grape pico de gallo, you would then wonder, well, what percentage do they have? If they had a small percentage fall into your pico de gallo, it's probably fine. But if it was a lot, you know theirs isn't as good as yours, so it may mess up the whole bowl. Now, although we want to define mosaicism so you understand it, that's not really what this talk is about. What this talk is about is, is that when you test embryos, sometimes they'll come back as mosaic. And what that means is some of the DNA in some of the cells is normal, and some of the DNA in the other cells is abnormal. Now, 
probably the biggest thing that's going to happen at this point is you're going to be quite disappointed. And you should be. I mean, here it is. You did this test. You wanted to find out that your embryos are normal. And instead, you're being told it's mosaic, which, first of all, you have no idea what that means. And if you do, maybe because you listened to this talk about Fertility Tuesday, but if you didn't, you're wondering, does this mean I have an abnormal embryo? And the simple answer is no, the embryo is not abnormal, but it's also not normal. Now, what's important to understand is that when we do pregenetic testing, the testing isn't perfect. And one of the things that has been known is that there's a higher incidence of mosaic embryos than we see naturally, which means that there is either a couple things going on here. One is that there is mosaicism at the embryologic stage, and then it's being corrected, or the test is likely creating a false sense of mosaicism when it really isn't there. And we know it's likely a little bit of both. We know that the embryos do self-correct a little bit, but we also know that the testing does show higher rates of mosaicism. And as a matter of fact, different platforms have different rate of mosaicism. So one company may have like a 5% mosaicism rate, whereas another one might only have a 1% mosaicism rate. And it has to do with the type of technology they're using. Now, that doesn't mean one platform is better than the other, and I don't want anyone to think that. Really, what you need to think is, is that when it comes back mosaic, it doesn't mean you can't use that embryo. It just means it's not as clear cut. The way you really need to think of your embryos is that you actually have an embryo that's in three different states. Kind of like Schrodinger's cat, where the cat was both alive and dead in the box until you opened the box. Well, in this situation, your embryo is one of three states. It's either normal, abnormal, or truly mosaic. Now, when I say truly mosaic, what I'm saying is that the embryo actually has half the DNA normal and half the DNA abnormal. When I say normal, I'm saying the embryo is normal, but there's some abnormal cells that were picked up in the biopsy. And then in the last days, the embryo is actually abnormal with some normal cells that got picked up in the biopsy, but predominantly the embryo is abnormal. So why can't we figure this out? Well, the problem is you're just taking a few cells from the embryo. So we don't actually know if that set of cells represents an entire embryo or if we just happen to pick up some erroneous cells. Let's imagine someone bought you a pizza and you wanted pepperoni pizza, but you've never had this type before. So you said, you know, do me a favor. Can you just take off a small little square from the pizza and just bring it to me? I just want to try it first. And then you get the pizza and you find an anchovy on it. I honestly still don't understand why anyone puts anchovies on a pizza. Now you can't see the rest of the pizza. You have no idea. Was this just some outlier where an anchovy fell from the sky and landed on your pizza? Or does your pizza actually have anchovies on it? So you say to your friend, you know, do me a favor. Can you get me three more small squares from the pizza? And now these three squares are completely normal with pepperoni and no anchovies on it. This is essentially an embryo biopsy. You're taking some cells that are supposed to represent the embryo from the placenta and then are determining whether those cells are all congruent. But sometimes they don't come back congruent, just like the pizza didn't, and you have to wonder, okay, what's the scenario here? 
do I have a normal pizza that just happens to have an anchovy on there? Or does this pizza have anchovies everywhere, but I just happen to get slices that were mainly from normal places? So now I have to think of my pizza as three types of pizzas. It's either a pizza that's completely normal with maybe one or two anchovies that just happen to fall on them, or my pizza is actually an anchovy pizza and I just happen to get biopsies from areas that didn't have anchovies, or someone made this a half and half where half is anchovies and half is pepperoni. The problem is all I have is these biopsies. So how am I going to figure this out? The answer is I can't until I open the box and look at the pizza, which would be the equivalent of getting pregnant and then testing the embryo or the baby. The point is, the sample cannot be determined completely, and so you have to assume the embryo has three states. The embryo is either a normal embryo with some abnormal cells that were going to be removed eventually by the embryo, and then that pregnancy would go on to be successful. It could be an abnormal embryo would happen to have a few normal cells. And in that situation, the embryo likely won't work and will end in the miscarriage or just not work at all. Or the third situation is it is a true mosaic embryo, which either won't work, end in the miscarriage, or could potentially be born. So what do you do? What I would tell you is it's always worth keeping mosaic embryos. Now, there are some mosaic embryos I would be concerned about transferring, such as ones that have trisomy 21, trisomy 13, trisomy 18, and possibly even Turner syndrome, because those are ones that are known to make it to birth. And so you would have to take that risk of understanding you may have the child with that chromosomal problem. But in the end, mosaic embryos do have a decent chance of working. So at our clinic, we have approximately 40% chance of success with mosaic embryos. Other clinics may have higher, some may have lower. The main point here is don't discard them. They potentially could be used, but they should be used last. Always use your euploid embryos first. We have had many pregnancies from mosaic embryos. Now, one question that may come up is some places will decipher mosaic embryos into low mosaic or high mosaic. And what that's really talking about is saying, is it less than 50% of the embryo that's abnormal or is it greater than 50%? And there has been studies that have looked at this and found that when it is a low mosaic, it does have a better chance than the high mosaic. Now, high mosaic does not mean that it's not going to work. It's just saying that statistically, there is less chance because more of the cells are abnormal, just like if I got that pizza and more of the biopsies had anchovies on, I think it's more likely a full pizza that's anchovies. Now, what some of the studies have shown is that when there are multiple mosaic problems, then that can also lead to it not working and has a lower chance of having success. So what would that mean when it comes to the pizza? So let's say in addition to an anchovy, I happen to also notice that someone put this healthy thing called broccoli on my pizza, which is disgusting as well. And so now I'm thinking, wow, there's a good chance I'm not going to like this pizza. It has two problems already on it. Well, the same thing with the embryo. The more problems you find, even if they're mosaic, eventually there's a higher chance that one of them are going to be real, which would then lead to you not having success with that embryo 
just like a higher chance of me not enjoying that pizza because it probably has anchovies or broccoli on it. In the end, these are always decisions you have to make with your reproductive doctor. You need to talk to them about your scenario, what your chromosomal mosaicism is, and whether it's the right decision for you to transfer the embryo. Obviously, if you have eight embryos that are four girls, four boys, and you have a mosaic embryo, you're probably going to transfer the normal embryos first. Same thing is if you have the ability to have, get more embryos through IVF, you probably will get more embryos. But if you're like some people where all you have is mosaic embryos, or it's your last one and you want to use it, there's nothing wrong doing that. You just need to talk to your doctor to make sure it's the right plan for you. And if you're one of those patients who ends up doing IVF and all that comes back is mosaic embryos, it is really disappointing because the whole reason you did this was to prevent this type of scenario. And so you feel somewhat cheated because you went through this to prevent this. What I can tell you is this isn't the clinic's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's just that science isn't perfect. But the good news is because science isn't perfect, you can put that embryo back and you can come away with a healthy pregnancy. As I start this new year with Taco About Tuesday, there's one big change I've made. I no longer am going to post these at midnight on Tuesdays, but we'll post them around 8 p.m. on Tuesdays, and that's 8 p.m. Arizona time. As always, I completely appreciate everyone who listens to these, and as always, please tell your friends about them. Give us good reviews if you like it so more people can learn about it. I'm still doing TikToks as well if you want to look at small videos about some of these same topics. I'm going to try to do them around the same time so that way you can look at both the TikTok and the Talk About Fertility podcast to hear about the subject matter. I'll talk to you next week on Talk About Fertility Tuesday.